You're now listening to The Electrical Current, a podcast series brought to you by the independent electrical contractors. Welcome to the IEC National Podcast Series, The Electrical Current. I'm your host for the show, IEC National CEO, Spencer Vilwalk. During this podcast series, we'll talk with folks throughout America that help to make the electrical and systems contracting industry truly great. Today, our featured guest is Gordon Stewart. Gordon is the general manager at Joe Swartz Electric Company in Houston, Texas. He has been a longtime leader and champion of IEC at his chapter, IEC Texas Gulf Coast, and at the national level, including serving on the executive committee and as the national board president in 2014. He's a great man, a steadfast patriot, an avid lover of the Texas A&M Aggies, Gordon, let's jump right in. Look forward to our conversation today and like to welcome you to IEC's national podcast series, Electrical Current. Well, thank you, Spencer. It's good to be here. Well, terrific, terrific. How's the weather in Houston today? Well, we had our first cold snap. Is that uh, right? We got down to 40 degrees. Ooh, chilly. We're not used to that. No, <laughs> no, yeah. That's that's pretty cold for Houston, but, you know, it's a uh, change of season. Um and and yeah, so we were just chatting before um, we started this podcast, Gordon. Of uh, you and I are talking the the day after um, the World Series was was concluded. Um, we're talking a little bit about uh, yeah the Washington Nationals and and uh, Houston Astros. It was, a, it was a fun series to watch, wasn't it? Yeah, it was, and of course it was a disappointment for yeah. all all of us Astros fans. You but bet. You have to hand it to the Nationals. They they played well and. Yeah. The bottom line is they deserve to win. Yeah, it was, it was it was a lot of fun. I think, and I mean, the Astros are a great team, and um, really, yeah, it was it was it was tremendous. It was just a great series to watch all around. Um, lots of ups and downs on on both sides, but uh, yeah, just a lot of fun to to be able to then um, watch the entire series this year. So it's great. Um, well, well, Gordon, yeah, thanks again for taking time to to talk with us uh, on the IEC National Podcast. Um, I'd like to start off first with with telling a little bit about uh, where you grew up and uh, and kind of help lead us into how you found yourself uh, getting into the electrical industry. Okay, well, my dad was in the military. He was mm-hmm. a career military person, and I was actually born in Virginia. Oh, is that right? And, yeah, that's that's correct. Uh, we uh, moved around. We actually lived in Italy, and uh, wow, we lived in Germany. And and we were very young, and my my mom used to say uh, we would come in the house when we lived in Italy speaking Italian, and she couldn't understand what we were talking about. (laughs) That's great. But we moved back to the States, Uh and uh, we actually came down to my hometown, what is my hometown now. It was my dad's hometown Mm -hmm. for a family reunion. Mm Mm-hmm. It's a very small town in central Texas, mm-hmm. and while we were at this reunion, my dad had a heart attack. Is that right? That's right, and uh-huh. he uh, uh, he had 20 years in the Army, and yeah. they gave him a medical discharge okay. from the Army, and he decided to retire in his hometown. Yeah. Uh, it's a town, the name of it is Bremont, population of about 1,000 people. Is that right? Yep. Yeah, it's a very... <laughs> It's we have one blinking light and that's mm-hmm. it. <laughs> that's great. But we, uh, when I lived in Bremont, I started the fourth grade in Bremont, so mm-hmm. I was pretty much raised there, and uh, grew up, pl- 
played all kind of sports there. It's a, it's a, I had 35 in my graduating class, so we got to do a lot of athletics, yeah. even though we weren't that good at it. Very versatile, but, uh, yeah. Uh, I got to sp- play all kind of sports. I actually, I was uh, all district in football, mm-hmm. all district in basketball. Wow. I won our district in uh, tennis, singles tennis, and I made it to the regional finals. Wow. And the kid, the kid that beat me was a, I was a senior in high school. He was 14 years old huh. and he, he ended up winning state. No kidding. But wow. His, his dad was a, a tennis player at Rice. Oh, so gotcha. It was, uh, it was good. Yeah. But I got out of high school. Like I said, we had 35 in my graduating class. I, f- I finished as the, the salutatorian. Yeah. And, and I applied for A&M. Mm-hmm. And back then, the school was so small that I went to the high school that we had trigonometry, but we didn't even have calculus. So mm-hmm. I, I took the SAT test, and dare say if I hadn't have been in the top 10, 10% of my class, yeah. I, I wouldn't have gotten into A&M. So I, I go down to A&M, and I meet my academic advisor, and he, he looks at my grades and says, Son, you'll flunk out of here within a year, I promise mm. you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and that just kind of, you know, that, yeah. that wasn't... That wasn't good news, but I, you know, it kind of put a fire under me. Yeah, a little thorn in the saddle. Yeah, wrong. yeah. So I, I, when I was when it went to A and M, I mm-hmm. decided to get in the Corps Cadets, which mm-hmm. is uh, it's the ROTC at, at Texas A and M. Okay. And it's actually a five day a week program. It's not like wow. ROTC programs on other campuses. Right, right. It's intense. And I did pretty well in the in the. Uh, Core. I was mm-hmm. I was named the outstanding sophomore in my company. Uh, I was named first sergeant when I was a junior, mm-hmm. and then when I was a senior, I was a company commander. <laughs> and I was also named to the. Uh, it's an organization called the Ross Volunteers. It's a hmm. it's a military unit okay. that is actually the uh, it's the governor of Texas honor guard. Oh really? And, wow. Yeah. So they uh, they perform at the. Uh, inauguration every other year. Oh, that's fantastic! But uh, so then I I signed a contract when I was a sophomore at A&M. I signed a contract with the Army to go in the go in the military. I would be commissioned as a second lieutenant. Mm-hmm. So I graduated in December from A&M in December of '75. And Vietnam had I thought I was going to go two years active duty. Yeah. But Vietnam had just shut down in april of 75 right so they had all these excessive officers that came back from vietnam Mm -hmm. so i didn't go i was not assigned two years active duty i went straight into the reserves oh wow yeah and i i went into the reserves and first couple of years i didn't i didn't do anything to be honest and then they they called me up for summer camp the next two years and then i was signed assigned to the 808th engineers out of Pasadena, Texas. Pasadena. Which is, hmm. It's a suburb of Houston. Okay. And, but uh, when I got out of college, I had a military equipment, I, a, a commitment. I graduated in December. I was going to have to go to officer branch school for four years. Mm-hmm. And then at that time, I was interviewing for jobs. Mm-hmm. And the only company that would allow me 
uh, or guarantee me a job after I got out of my military commitment was a company that did air conditioning and plumbing. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so I went to work for them, and uh, I have a, a couple of funny stories. The, yeah. first, the first year I spent out there, they put me in as a plumber's helper. Okay. So here I was, a graduate from college, <laughs> and I was basically a grunt. Yep. And I work. I worked for this fifty-something-year-old man. Yeah. And, you know, he he uh, basically they were just seeing if if I was willing to toe the line yeah. for a year, and, and then they'd move me up. Right. Right. Well, after a year, I I stuck it out. You stuck it out. Year, they Abs- made me absolutely. A yeah. Well, one of the funny things that happened my first day, very first day as a supervisor we had company trucks and my boss uh was a little irritated because the guys weren't taking care of the company truck Mm -hmm. we'd had a couple of engines blown a Hmm. transmission blown yeah so my first day on the job out in the field we were doing residential homes my first day on the job one of the uh plumbing lead men came up to me and said uh gordon uh, you got a problem yeah and I said, well, what's that? And he yeah. said, well, one of the trucks burning, it burned up. What? And uh, huh. I said, you mean we blew another engine? I said, Joe yeah. is going to go through the He's roof. Flip he said, it. no, yeah. no, it's not an engine. He said, it's over at a U-Totem, which was a yeah. convenience store. Uh-huh. <laughs> he said, it's over at the U-Totem, and it's burning right now. Burning <laughs> it's on, on fire. It's on fire. <laughs> so, so I drive over to the Utotum yeah, and, yeah. and here's our truck. Oh I mean, goodness. it is totally engulfed in flames. <laughs> oh my goodness. The, the, I was, oh, I, it was parked right in front of this convenience store. Yeah. And I'm, it, yeah. it was a strip center that had some other stores in yeah, it. Yeah. And I'm sitting there going, the whole place is going to burn. Right, 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 right. That's dangerous. Yeah. Well, luckily, it didn't. Yeah. And what had happened is the plumber mm-hmm. had uh, a sump pump to yeah. pump out the water in the ditches when it would rain. Yeah, he had, sure. He had a can of gas in, his, mm. in the back of his truck. Mm-hmm. Well, the gas can fell over, dripped down onto the muffler, and there it went. Yeah, just by, enough. By yeah. the time wow. we were out in the suburb, and by the time the volunteer fire department got yeah. there, it was pretty much burnt yeah. to a crisp the... Uh, the tail lights were uh, the red puddles on the rear bumper. Oh, there was nothing inside. The tires had burned. Wow! Uh, it was sitting on four rims and it had gotten so hot. That mm. the, the the cab between the cab and the bed, mm-hmm. the frame had gotten so hot that it just basically melted. Just melted like completely. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> Unbelievable. But that was one of the the funny experiences I had. And that was day day one. You said. Um, that was my very first day in supervisor. Wow, unbelievable! So <laughs> then I called the I called the boss and and he thought we blew an engine. Yep. No, 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 we didn't. <laughs> <laughs> the truck is burnt, and yeah. I mean it is burnt. It's gone. It's, it's a puddle. <laughs> but, We're gonna have to scrape it up. Yeah. <laughs> but I worked with them, and and then after a few years, uh, my boss left, and they promoted me to be the construction manager. And I had gone to work for them in in 76, and I was getting a little disgruntled because anytime I wanted to give the uh, uh, 
technicians a, a pay raise, mm-hmm. I had to go through our corporate office, which was in Dallas. We're mm-hmm. in Houston. Mm-hmm. had to go through Dallas. And also, from a bidding standpoint, we had to go through Dallas, which was a big delay. We were always the last one on the list. So I felt like my hands were somewhat tied, so I was a little disgruntled. Right, right. Anyway, I stayed there until 1983. So mm-hmm. I'd been there for seven years. Mm-hmm. And then Joe Swartz, mm-hmm. uh, Joe Swartz Electric, the owner, he called me and asked to talk to me, and he he wanted to hire me. Yeah. So uh, I went to work for Joe Swartz Electric in mm-hmm. 1983. 83. 39 years ago. Wow. Or 36 years ago. 36, yeah. And uh, we, uh, I was... What I was doing, I, I was scheduling some of our underground crews, which ran the underground service entrance from mm-hmm. the house out to the power company's right. pedestals or right. transformers. Right. And I was also doing some, some sales where I was going out and visiting with home builders and trying to get more work and uh, visiting with our current customers, making sure we were handling things mm-hmm. well. Mm-hmm. And... In 1986, here in Houston, we had the oil bust. Yep. And to give you an idea of how bad it was, mm-hmm. I had to I had to Google it yesterday just yeah. to, to to look at it. Yeah. Houston lost one out of every eight jobs. Is that right? Over two hundred thousand jobs were were lost. Lost in that yeah when the, when the collapse yeah wow. We did uh, oil prices went. Uh, they dropped fifty percent over about a six month period. Right, just plummeted. We were doing Joe Swartz Electric was strictly a residential new construction mm-hmm. single family construction contractor. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there were now in eighty six there were now two hundred thousand vacant homes right. that had been repoed. Oh my goodness! So we went from a hundred electricians down to about twenty. Mm. Well, now I'm sweating for my job. I'm right. Saying, Ugh. You know, right. I'm probably going to lose my job. Right. Well, it turns out Joe Swartz let my boss go and kept me. Mm-hmm. So I was very fortunate Look at that. there. Wow. And he he made me general manager, and uh, I've been that I've been that ever since. Amazing. Uh, you know, one of the things you know I I, I mentioned this before. My dad mm-hmm. was in the army. And, yeah. You know, some of the things that influence you. I'll never forget. Uh, when I was, I guess I was probably, let's see, I would have been about eight years old. Mm-hmm. My brother, I had a brother that was two years older than me. Mm-hmm. He was 10. Yeah. And one of our jobs was to go, is to, was to wash the, the family car. Mm-hmm. Of course, back then, luckily, we only had one car. Right. It's not right. like today. <laughs> but, but they were big but, cars. They were big cars. That's a big job. So the first time we washed the car, we went back in the house and told told her dad said daddy we we're finished and he said well are y'all ready for inspection (laughs) we said well i guess so yes sir he goes out and inspects the wash job that we had done Mm -hmm. and finds all this these little things that we missed (laughs) and the lesson to be learned there was attention to details details yep and still to this day, I mm-hmm. think that's one of my strongest points. Is that right? Attention to detail. Is that right? But yeah, but it, uh, <laughs> it, it we, uh, you know, when I w- was in high school, when I, I was in team sports. Mm-hmm. You learn the you learn 
the the value of teamwork and yes. how important every person is on the team. It's just like that with a company. Mm-hmm. And with a company, uh, you have uh, all the little pieces. You've got your estimators, your electricians, your project managers, mm-hmm. and all it takes is one person to fail. Right. And the whole the whole you know yeah the whole thing just falls apart. Whole house comes down. Yeah, that's right. That's right. <laughs> and then while I was while I was at A and M, I um, was put in leadership positions. Mm-hmm. When you're at A and M, there, then they put you into a leadership position. I don't know if that was in uh, the Corps of Cadets or. Yeah, that yeah. was in the Corps of Cadets. Okay. The, uh, when when you're a sophomore, when I was a sophomore, I was made a, a squad leader, and then when I was, as I said before, when I was a junior, I was first sergeant, which is basically the the highest ranking. Uh, junior yeah and then when i was a senior i was a company commander so you learn to lead people yes and that was that was very valuable because every job that you know i've only had two jobs in my life yeah but they were all leadership positions and you learned you know the thing that i learned at a&m was Mm -hmm. that you got to treat people fairly Mm -hmm. you can't play favorites Mm mm-hmm if you start playing favorites, it creates a, pro- a big problem. Yeah. You uh, treat all, all the people the same, so you uh, you, you gain everybody's respect, and mm-hmm. that's you know that's one of the things you yeah. put, when you're put in a position, uh, you don't respect is not there until you've earned it, mm-hmm. and. Hmm. People are watching you yeah. and seeing how you're reacting to different situations. Yeah. And, and, you know, one of the other things that they drilled into us is that Aggies don't lie, cheat, or steal mm-hmm. and don't tolerate those who do. And that's one of the things I've carried throughout my life. You know, I've always wanted to, to earn a good living and, yeah. and, and, and make good money. But at the end of the day, if you can't look yourself in the mirror and say, I did it the right way, yep. then what, it's not worth what's it. What's it all for? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, hmm. that's that, terrific. That's one of the things that I've taken with me. As far as since I've been here at Swartz, we, we do about, uh, this year we'll do probably 2,300 homes. Mm-hmm. We, uh, that's all we do. That's our cup of tea. We don't, we don't do commercial work. That's our little niche. We're good at it, mm-hmm. and uh, we've got a good reputation. But it's a constant. It's a constant battle. You have to work hard. Things don't come quickly. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of the things that I can, imp- uh, you know, I like to impress on young people is that you got to be patient. Yes, you got to be patient. Right. Things don't right. come right away. You have to pay your dues. Uh, sometimes young people look at, at, at older people and say, well, why can't I be there now? Well, you got to pay your dues, and it takes a while to get there. Right. So be right. patient, work hard, be honest in what you do, mm-hmm. and uh, you'll get there. Absolutely, absolutely. Great words of wisdom, great words of wisdom. I, I think you're right, you know, that, that – um, and it kind of differentiates between um, – 
knowledge and, and wisdom there because, and, and I think it's especially confused because we have a lot of access to information in today's age where everybody's got a, a, a computer in their pockets on their phone, you know, and computers at their houses and computers at work that you can access information and gain access to knowledge. But, but paying your dues is the, is the wisdom that comes with um, putting that knowledge to use over the course of time. You, you know what I mean? Um, oh, absolutely. That, and it's, yeah. the, you know, one of the, I, I, I've said this all my life, and, and I'm probably a good example of it, yeah. because I, I, I feel like, and I, with, with our employees and with just about anybody, it's 20% how to, hmm. and it's 80% want to. Yeah. There's a lot of people that have got that 20% out there. Yep. But when you start talking about the 80% want to, mm -hmm. that's where you start calling out many people yeah. that they don't have the 80%. That drive, yeah. That That's... You know, we're all limited. I'm, I I was very limited, just like I, you know, when I went to A&M, they told me I'd flunk out. I was I was not on the dean's list. Mm -hmm. I didn't, I, I made pretty good grades. Mm -hmm. But it's it's the want to, the drive. And if you don't have that drive, I don't care how good you want to, you're never going to get there. Right, right. You're right. You're right. And how do you, it, it's difficult to explain that to, to somebody you know, have you found any any ways to be able to help to explain that to folks where they you see that light bulb go on and they get it, and they take take that advice? You know, and maybe in some of your leadership positions. Oh yeah, and it's uh, you know one of the things that one of the fallacies of of being in a leadership position, mm -hmm. like me being as general manager. Yeah. I'm looking for mistakes. Yeah. I'm looking for stuff to get out the door. So if you're not very careful. You never talk about the th the good things that people are right. doing. You just you're just bringing up the the bad things that, right. that have happened. And hmm. I try to inst and I they all know how I feel and about the want to if they've got and I've seen it with with our supervisors. We'll we'll do th we'll start a new system or something. Mm -hmm. And the question is, it's it's not. Can they figure out how to do it? They can figure out how to do it, but mm -hmm. do they want to do it? And will they give it their best effort? Yeah. But right. Uh, right. Wow. It's uh, it's it's very fun, and you got to people. You got people. You got to treat people different ways. Mm -hmm. People have different personalities. Mm -hmm. You know, one person you can say just a, uh, if you want to discipline them, just the smallest little thing, and that takes care of the case. Yeah. Other people, you really have to come down on them before it gets through, through their head. Yeah. But, yeah. Uh, you know, if you treat them, if you treat them fairly mm -hmm. and you go to bat for them, that's the other thing. Mm -hmm. You go to bat for them. If there's something that, that happens, that's not good. Mm -hmm. Go to bat for them. If, yeah. if, uh, you know, protect them. Right. Right. But, uh, and if you made the mistake, admit it. Yeah. yeah. Some people just have a hard time admitting that we made mistakes. And right. I've, I make mistakes every day. And one sure. of the things I, yeah. I've always said is 
you know, the only way you can keep from making a mistake is just sit there and don't do anything. Right, right. If you're not doing anything, <laughs> you're not going to make a mistake. Right. But if you're, if you're chugging along and, and doing, doing a lot of work, mm-hmm. there's going to be mistakes. Yeah. Uh, you know, you, I urge the people to check all their work, which, which they do. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I, I check my work, but even then, I make mistakes, and right. the guys that work for me, they're not bashful about mm-hmm. coming up and saying, hey, Gordon, you messed this up. Well, yeah. They know they can come to me with right, that, right. and I'm not going to take it bad. Right. You'll uh, own it. You'll own it. But, and, yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. I'll own up yeah, to it. And, yeah. and the, only way, the only way things will get better is to, is to, to fix things that right. aren't right. right. You know, I'll institute a policy or something, mm-hmm. and, and don't – and. We institute it, yeah. and then you know supervisors will come back to me and say, "Well, this is this part of it's just not good." Yeah, and you know you look at it and you say, "You're right." Right. You know, right. let's you know we we need to fix that. Right. So right. Uh, <laughs> that's terrific. That's you know, terrific. when you think yeah. one yeah. of the things that that anytime you sit in a meeting, you know, like with your field supervisors, yeah. If you think you're the smartest person in the room, mm-hmm. you've definitely got a problem. Yeah. Because uh, hmm. they're out in the field. They know what – they're on the front lines. They know what's working. They know what's not working. They know – you know, one of the things that I drill in uh, in our office is that our sole function here in the office is to make the field personnel's job mm-hmm. as easy as possible. Mm-hmm. Because if their if if their job if we make it easy for them, mm-hmm. they're going to be more productive, and the company's going to do well. Right, right. But the only reason why we have a job is all those electricians out in the field. Mm-hmm. If they weren't out there, we wouldn't have a job. Right, right. And don't you know? Don't ever forget that. Yeah. And you're they're not there to support you you're there to support to them. support them and yeah that's the that role. kind of goes yeah. back to the military yeah. my military training right because right. you know for every soldier you've got out there on the front lines you've mm-hmm. got people supporting them yep and uh that's you know that's it's just it, it works that way with with all companies really yeah uh the people that are actually doing the the leg work and right. the actual work right they're the ones that's making the money for the company. It's right. not the people sitting in the office. Right, right. That's the, I, Gordon. What you're talking about is is a lot of it, it's it's tremendous because it's a lot of uh, humility. You know, having and you know, realizing that yeah, your your main assets to any company are your people. In and to listen to your people, they are the subject matter experts. They are the people that have the the boots on the ground, the the finger on the pulse. And they, they make it or break it too within everything. So you can't, yeah, you can't turn a blind eye. You have to have a, that attention to detail. You have to help, help to teach company culture, company way. But, but knowing that, yeah, you need to have that humility is what I hear you saying. Um, and to yeah, own up to, you know, we're not perfect in leadership positions. And and when you have a misstep and you have that open door policy and open ear, and you hear what somebody's saying and. Yeah, you, you change it and you help help to engage them, and then that makes their their engagement in the company, in the work, in the quality, in that relationship, so much better for for everybody. You know, and all the success that you're having, that's great. Wow, 
So, Gordon, could you tell me a little bit about your love for Texas A&M? Explain that to me. Did you, did you love it as a young young boy? Uh, um, or, or was well, it when you went to school there and you just, I mean, it, it is, you have got so much passion um, around it. I, I'm just curious. Well, when I was uh, growing up in high school, my uh, my brother and I were real good friends with, with two other guys. Mm-hmm. They were brothers. Yeah. And uh, their dad was an Aggie, mm-hmm. and we used to go to football games up there. And I'll never forget, after one of the football games, one of the football players gave me his chin strap. Mm-hmm. And at that time... Yeah. Their chin straps at the college level were hard plastic, and uh-huh. ours in high school were just, you know, real cheap things. Kind of cloth I, or something. I wore yeah. that chin strap yeah. the rest of my time when I was in high school. Is that right? Yeah. But it, once I got up there, uh, it's it's hard to explain mm-hmm. how you learn. Well, as a freshman, yeah. When you when we were in the corps as a freshman, you were hazed a lot. Yeah. Yeah. And and one of the things that they were trying to teach you is that you've got to learn to follow before you can learn to lead. Wow. If you can't follow, you'll never lead. And they're right. And the many things that when I was named the first sergeant, which was which was an honor, I was shaved from head to toe, dropped off uh at a campus about 75 miles from Texas A&M. Oh, my goodness. I was totally nude. Yeah. They gave me nine cents. At that time, it took a dime to make a phone call. Oh. (laughs) So they dropped me off like at 3 o'clock in the morning. The campus was totally vacant, so I wasn't streaking across the campus or anything like that. Oh, my goodness. I did find a bag. Yeah. To put around me. There you I, go. I saw I saw one of the campus cops drive by, mm-hmm. and they picked me up and put a sheet. They opened the trunk. Uh, yeah. You know, they had a sheet in the back with what they put over fatality. Yes. In bricks. <laughs> they gave me the sheet and took me to a donut place. They gave me a dime so I could call my roommate to come get me. Uh-huh. And they said, you know, I wasn't the first Aggie that they had. Is that right? <laughs> in my condition. <laughs> Just stuff like that. My dad, when I was a senior in high school, we, were, we went to the dorm, and, yeah. and, and we were walking. It's a four-story dorm. We were walking up the steps, and uh, my dad said, Is, was that Malcolm? And yeah. there was a guy that his feet were up high, yeah. and his, his hands were down about four steps down. He okay. was doing push-ups. Yeah. <laughs> And and when we got there, and, and the guy that was making him do the push-ups, yeah. uh, he looked at my dad, and my dad just said, carry on, son. <laughs> <laughs> but it's a, it's a desire that, yeah. I mean, it, it really, I bleed maroon. Yes. I love that school. Yeah. Uh, it's It's been such a... Especially the core was yeah. such an influence Just on my life. Life changing. Sounds like a yeah, life changing, you know, in so many different ways. It, yeah, and yeah. Uh, you know, uh, Rick Perry. Uh-huh. He was actually a senior when I was a freshman. Is that right? In my dorm. No kidding. Yeah. Huh. Yeah. In fact, I pulled his. Seniors have boots. Okay. Uh, riding boots, and mm-hmm. 
and they get freshmen to pull off their boots, and I actually pulled his boots off. No kidding. Time. Wow. <laughs> but uh, anyway, it's a it's a small uh, world. It is. It certainly is. It certainly is. And it's there's so many. A and M is a is a conservative school, uh, and it's a it's they send a lot of military. Mm-hmm. Uh, in World War II, there were more officers that came out of of A and M than any any place other than the military hmm. academies. There's been eight Medal of Honor winners, so we're very patriotic. Uh, of course, the Aggie Band it's it's made up entirely of the Corps, mm-hmm. and uh, we love our country. Yeah. You know, we love our university, and we love our country. And Amen. Uh, I know the 808th Engineers. After I got out, I had an eight-year commitment uh, when I was in the reserves. The 808th Engineers that I, the unit I was put in in Pasadena, mm-hmm. they went to Desert Storm a yeah. few years after I after I retired from the uh, reserves. Right, right. But you know, nobody wanted to go. You know, it's, I was very fortunate. I missed Vietnam. Mm-hmm. I would have gone. Mm-hmm. You know, for my country. But yeah. when when I graduated. Fortunately, it was over. Yeah. And uh, but A uh, and M is is very unique. Uh, I love the fact that when people opposing teams come to A and M, they go away and they say that is the nicest place to go to yeah. a, a football game yeah. in the country. Yeah. And we treat all their guests. Mm-hmm. You know, once we're out there on the field, we want to beat their brains out. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> before and after and the game. And it happens, it happens, yeah. <laughs> we're just as nice as we can be, and yeah. they are guests, and we yeah. treat them that way. Well, that's we, terrific. We want them to go away and say, that's a great place. That's terrific. Well, I, I understand more of, of your, your passion and love for it, because, it, I mean, you, you're talking about just you know, the, the culture of and the the you know the the history that's there and and the purposeful nature of of everything that they do at a and m that's that's terrific that's terrific um and you you did also describe that that they used a a fatality sheet to cover your naked body so uh <laughs> so you're saying yeah. you're, so you're saying a glimpse of your nude is like a fatality <laughs> well to give you an idea how it works it yeah. was freshmen that that did this is that right yeah you know, it was a it was a tradition. But when I got back that uh-huh. afternoon, yeah, or actually that morning, yes, that afternoon we had I took the freshmen out for a good little run. Yeah, so we ran about three miles uh-huh. <laughs> for them doing doing that to me. It but, all comes uh, back. It all comes back. <laughs> yeah, it, you know, it's it's lifetime memories. I'll never forget it. That's terrific. And, uh, That's terrific. Well, well, Gordon, and and your connection to IEC, I'd like I'd like you to share a little bit about you know how you got involved within IEC and and uh, yeah, any thoughts you'd, you'd like to share about you know how IEC has helped you in your life and your career. Well, when I came to work over at uh, Just Once Electric, mm-hmm. I guess they weren't in the IEC. Mm-hmm. Okay, and after a few years. Uh, uh, I talked Joe Swartz into becoming a member, and, and we became members of the IEC. And I would go to the meetings and stuff, and I started out over there. Of course, Bob is Bob Wilkinson, the, the ED for mm-hmm. for the Texas Gulf Coast. He's mm-hmm. quite a recruiter. Yes. So he recruited me to be on the uh, apprenticeship committee. He's the best. So yeah. I was on the A&T committee, mm-hmm. and, and then, then I became the A&T chairman. And then I was on the local board, 
and then I was the local president, and then I was on the, after that, we have a state uh, association. Right, right. I, I became a, a board member on the state association, and then I became the president. And then, of course, I, I was a regional director for the national, at the national level, mm-hmm. from Texas. And then was on the board and, and, and the executive committee, and then finally became president. And it's, uh, the IEC is, is such a good organization. It, it, we, we train so many young people to have a, a good career. Right. Right. And, and college has gotten so expensive. Mm-hmm. We uh, and and the degrees that some of the kids that are coming out, they yeah. they come out with a, a a bunch of debt and and they, they can't find a good job. When I went to school there, the cost was about fifteen hundred dollars a year. Now it's probably fifteen to twenty thousand a year. Right. Right. And I think that more and more young people are realizing that. You know, there's other avenues. For example, you know, you go into the IEC as, and you go to the apprenticeship school. You become a journeyman electrician. You go to work for a company, and then you move on up. You become a project manager, mm-hmm. a general manager. You can go out and uh, many people uh, go out and start their own business. And uh, it's, it's just a, a, a great place. For the for the training now, the other thing that we do is we, uh, as far as uh, we advocate the policies with our government that right. help small businesses. Absolutely, and uh, you know you can. There's an old saying that is when it comes to politics, and and I'm not a I, I don't particularly care for politics, mm-hmm. but there's an old saying that that if you're not if you don't have a seat, a seat at the table, mm-hmm. you're probably on the menu. You're on the menu, man. Yeah, that's right. So if if you don't get involved in politics, and that's uh, then they're going to pass legislation and things that are going to hurt you. Right. And uh, you want them to do just the opposite. Yes. Pass legislation to help small business, which is the heartbeat of a country. Yep. More people are employed by small businesses than the major corporations. Right. Right. That's that's a known fact. Right. So those two things the IEC does, of course, they have ongoing classes that you can go to over mm-hmm. there. Anything from project managers to mm-hmm. estimating yeah. to safety. Uh, there's a especially if you're a small company, you can't have uh, you don't have enough uh, revenue and enough. Uh, to do all those things, right, and right. the IEC is right there for you. You bet. Support so, support so those small if you're businesses. A, a small ten man right. company. Right. You know, you can send one of your people over there. You can never do that on your own. Yep, you're exactly right. So, uh, yeah, it's especially good for small companies. Absolutely, absolutely, and and that yeah, that's that's the potency. You, you've you've outlined it so well. The potency of of you know, the what IEC and an association brings back to the industry is is um, you know, uh, coming together with with common purpose, common cause, to be able to help all of our our businesses and, and the industry to thrive. And um, Gordon, you've you've been a great leader uh, at the local level. You've been a, a tremendous and inspiring leader at the national level. And just want to thank you for for all your service to IEC to make us as great as we can possibly be. Thank you, sir. 
And one of the other things I didn't mention, but I'd like yeah. to mention it. Yes, sir. The, the national meetings. Uh-huh. You know, they have a lot of good classes and stuff yeah. like that. Yeah. But one of the biggest thing, uh, things you can get out of it is talking to your peers. Mm-hmm. You know, you may be talking right? to, you may yeah. be from Texas and talking to somebody from Oregon, and he's not afraid to give you his secret ideas. Right, right. Because you're not a competitor of right, his. Right, right. And, and you can learn so much from from the other uh, contractors that are up there. Yeah. And they freely talk about it. Yep. And uh, it, that's, you know, I left that one thing off, but yeah. that's a major thing when we have these national meetings. Absolutely. Yeah come together and they yeah we can learn learn how to better run our businesses learn learn about new technologies new practices you know better ways to be able to do things and and those uh yeah those secrets of of success um to be able to share with one another you know how to how to what what kept you up at night you know last night somebody else had kept them up a couple of years ago and they figured out a solution to it and you know can help help share that with you and vice versa that's it's a great opportunity, and, and um, yeah, appreciate you you mentioned that as well. Well, thanks so much for having me. I really enjoyed it. And, Gordon, and, uh, this this is a lot of fun. This is a lot of fun. I I really appreciate your time, and and uh, again, thank you for for everything that you do, and um, thank you for your your leadership across the board. Um, and I I know that people are going to really enjoy um, hearing some of these these some of the keys to leadership that you talked about, some of the humility um, aspects. Um, Get a chuckle out of some of that hazing there at A and M. Yeah, it's 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 kind of funny. It is. It's terrific. Well, great. Well, Gordon, thank you again, sir. Okay. Take care. Good. Good. Thank you. All right. Bye bye. And thanks to all of our listeners out there. This has been another installment of the second season of the IEC podcast series, The Electrical Current. You can check us out over at ieci.org, and if you're interested in career opportunities within the electrical and systems industry, jump over to myelectriccareer.com. That's myelectriccareer.com to learn more and start on your path to achieve your dreams.